When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dang it. No, no, I'm just going to make it. Oh, yeah. It's... <laughs> no, 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 I'm going to Oh, you don't need to, because it's not going anywhere. Pod Save the King. Hello, and welcome back to Pod Save the King. I am your host, Anne Gripper. Our king has been crowned alongside his queen, Camilla, and um, my regular friend, Russell Myers, is having a little lie down in a dark room for a few weeks. So I've gone for the big boss, the queen of the mirror, Daily Mirror editor Alison Phillips is joining us today. Alison, lovely to see you. Morning, Anne. Thank you very much for having me. Long-time listeners to the podcast will know that you were on a, well, a few years ago in the before times before the pandemic. But yes. it's great to have you on today because you had one of the top tickets in town on Saturday. You were in Westminster Abbey. I was. And it was a huge privilege. It was the most extraordinary experience. And I don't suppose any of us ever imagine that one day we might actually sit in the room where a, a king is crowned. And so to have had that opportunity was wonderful. I, I was there, um, every news organisation, every major news organisation had one ticket. Um, and then uh, people within that news organisation had to agree or fight or arm wrestle. Or play the boss card. <laughs> well, so this one was between uh, obviously us and the Express and the Star. But um, after some negotiations, I, I got the ticket and it was incredible, really. Russell did still get to go as well, though. He got he a separate was royal ticket, he, I guess. He was there sort of really working and watching. I think he had a much better view than I did because so the bit of the Abbey that I was in, um, if you go into Westminster Abbey, there's a huge wooden um, sort of, what's the word? There's, sort of, there's a screen that's screen, where, where you saw yes. Charles and Camilla walk through yes. up into the sort of the real heart and of it, Westminster and it, Abbey. And it completely the cuts the Abbey in two. So if you're in the bottom half, which I was, you can't really see well, you can't see anything at the top half, but they did have screens up in the bottom of the Abbey. So you could, so I was watching it on a screen, possibly without all the close-ups that you got if you're watching on television at home. So you're watching it sort of, uh, sort of longer shots. But what was incredible is you saw them all process into the Abbey and then you saw them all process out again afterwards. And you had some, some nice neighbours. Yeah, well, so one of the really funny things I thought about, so I arrived and I'm never knowingly early for anything. Um, and then when I got there, um, the people that were guiding everybody in said, oh, there's no seating plan in this area. You just have to go and grab a chair. And um, the, so I grabbed, so I found like a chair and I was about four rows from the 
um, from the aisle. And, um, and of course, that was still only at half past eight. And bear in mind, it didn't kick off till 11. So there was still another two and a half hours until it all began. Um, but then uh, quite, so I'd say sort of about another hour or so after I arrived, um, I was sat there and I, could, I heard somebody sort of plump into the seat behind me. And it was a very American voice going, hi, I'm Katie. And uh, it's all these sorts of like slightly stunned people in the row. And I looked over my shoulder and it was Katie Perry, which was just incredible. Brilliant. I think Princess Charlotte would probably rather have had your seat, judging by the way she was singing along at the concert on Sunday sweet. night. Yeah. She looked like she was absolutely loving Katie Perry's performance. And um, I think Katie Perry on Sunday night, probably had more gold than the whole of the coronation. That was a fantastic dress, yes. It was a showstopper. More of the concert later, I'm sure. Um, so you had a very early start in the Abbey. Were you allowed to go to... Was anybody allowed to go to the loo after they arrived? Well, <laughs> I like... think they were discouraging that. Um, uh, I, the, I think there, there were toilets there for people that wanted to use them. But when you came... I mean, the most extraordinary thing was um, you came in via Lambeth Bridge and then they had a big security... Uh, sort of tent where you had to sort of show your passport and that you were who you were and then we went through like airport style scanners but what was really funny at that point it was that was when you're sort of looking around and you could see this incredible sort of selection of people um there was emma thompson the actress judy dench um, maggie um smith so these huge huge sort of characters you know emma thompson going into the portaloos that they put up before you actually got to the abbey and um and then you'd have like chris witty the chief medical officer and then next to him there was rory stewart the broadcaster and um, politician so there was a really interesting selection of people all together and all very excited and when you were in the Abbey, like how did it, I guess, how did it feel in terms of the congregation and the modern and the, because you sort of got this weird mix of like, you know, establishment and aristocracy and faith and yes, posh, you know, posh people and then you got Ant and Dad. It and really you. felt there was like a lot of very normal people, which I, I know was the intention. And I think that really worked certainly in the area that we were you know to down downstream of the big screen that it was very much people who'd done incredible things um maybe volunteers through the prince's trust um people around me had done things like cooking for um those in need during covid um somebody else had worked with um underprivileged youngsters and i was sat next to this lovely couple who'd come down from scotland and the lady was born in Tuvalu, the island in the Pacific, which is part of the Commonwealth, but had been living in Scotland for the last 20-odd years. And um, they were there to represent the people of um, those Pacific islands. So it was a really... And then, of course, and then you have got Anton Deck and Lionel Richie and Gates Berry. So it was... But that, I thought, was the most lovely piece about it. And that really did feel like a diverse group of people with all sorts of different backgrounds and interests. And I also think the thing about not really having a seating plan was genius because then you haven't got the idea about, oh, such a body's in, in front of them and they're more important than somebody else. It was this idea that everybody is equally welcome and equally a guest of the king. And I thought that was a really nice touch. Obviously, somewhere where there was a seating plan was up front yes. with the royals. <laughs> Harry in the cheap seats. I mean, Andrew, who knows where he was? Yes. <laughs> Didn't go so well. I mean, how did you feel about the 
Andrew and Harry thing? Did they people get noticed? Was there sort of a rustle when they came in? Like to me, fine. Andrew got booed on the way in, but I didn't notice him. I mean, fair play. I was watching the coronation with a toddler. Yes. So again, in the same way that you couldn't necessarily see yes. a lot, uh, my view was sometimes limited. Although she did love the horses. Hiya, oh. hiya to the TV <laughs> and um, conducting along during Zayn. Oh, that's the good. priest enjoyed as well. The, and enjoyed the music. She enjoyed the music and the helicopters for the fly past as well. But uh, you know the sort of. Harry came in with with the cousins who he's still sort of most matey with and then sort of disappeared. He was, it, it felt it was. like he was a sort of bit part, which is probably how uh, it was meant I, to be. Yes, I think so. I think so. Andrew was there in the ceremonial robes that I think at one point we thought he wasn't going to wear. So I thought that was kind of interesting that he was allowed to wear those. Um, I'll tell you one thing I did notice was when... Um, they were all leaving the abbey and Harry was standing on his own because obviously there was quite a few couples. So um, Eugenie and her husband, Beatrice and her husband. And so he was obviously on his own. And so you've got to imagine at that point, he's walking through the bit where you've got more kind of just normal people who've got the invite. And particularly the men, actually, I felt really were giving him really hard stares. And some of them were really, it was, it felt actually little bit hostile and then Harry looked down and was looking down at his towards his feet and I actually at that point felt quite sorry for him because I thought he would have been aware that these were kind of the the, the more the masses I mean you know not the masses but more more of the masses and that must have been quite an uncomfortable sensation for him and then rapid departure so you know he, there yeah. was no real opportunity for yeah. him to interact with the other members no. of the family who were rather busy with other things but then I guess if this is a stepping stone back towards rebuilding relationships rather than the whole thing. Maybe that's how you do it. It's little steps by little steps. And the fact that he showed up, I think, was good. And the fact that he's, there is now a basis from which they can build back their relationship. Whereas if he hadn't come, I think that would have been quite a statement yeah, I agree. And I think as well, when you're on the other side of the world, you can't just pop round for a cup of tea no. and have that sort no. of no. little first step very easily. Yeah, and I, I imagine it would be a very, very long process. So when Charles and Camilla and the grand procession walked in, you know, obviously I sort of got to see the close-ups of him walking down the aisle and I was like, oh, what what kind of face should you be using as you're walking down the aisle? Yes. Like, you know, at a wedding, you're probably either super happy and smiley which was me or super emotional which is my yeah. dad <laughs> but you know what what should you be expressing are you happy I'm taking on this role but you don't want to look too smug at being the king and you're only doing this role because your mum's dead and it's very very weird yeah, and I, I completely agree with that I think it's it was that was quite strange and that um Charles and Camilla both looked incredibly serious. And I suppose it is a really serious business being crowned. But I thought, um, so when you do go to a wedding, so this was what I think was kind of strange about the whole thing. We understand the process of weddings because we've all been to them. And we understand the process of funerals because we've all been to them. Um, but with, with coronation, no one quite knows where that fits in the whole process. And, um, and it was very serious throughout. So... So you know that perhaps at a wedding there might be some giggles at the bit where they exchange rings and nobody can find the ring and then the, then the, the priest will make a little joke or whatever. There was no levity, I don't think, in the whole thing at any point. There was never a point where anybody sort of – there was a, a occasional smile. There's certainly not a, a laugh. This was a serious business throughout. And 
I thought Charles looked sort of serious slash terror struck when he was walking. And he also, I think, I felt, looked really quite frail, which is something I'd never thought about it, it regarding him before. But I think it was the cloaks and the weight of the cloaks and the the layers. But then maybe that is part of the point in that he's a, a man who is bearing this great weight of what he's about to do. He, he definitely looks sort of very small inside those cloaks. I thought that came through actually in the Hugo Burnham portraits mm. as well and sort of the difference between the young queen looking yes. sort of majestic and powerful. I thought he did look a little bit... Um, also, it, he could have had done with his tunic being straightened out a bit or a bit sort of slouchy. Yeah. Like it was, I don't know, almost like relaxing after a day but sort of feeling a bit it, awkward it did, it, it did feel a huge weight and he seems very small inside it and but then I think it probably is a huge weight and the crown is obviously incredibly heavy <laughs> in in all senses of that word I think the other thing I mean this is um thinking about it I should realize the ceremony was so religious like far more religious than I had totally. kind of imagined and last week on the podcast I was talking about how weird it was to be saying may the king live forever and then you're watching it and you realize like we're well, not talking about may the king live forever in this life no. you're talking about may the king yeah. live forever with God essentially yeah. and go to heaven I mean incredible again sort of like, like you say perhaps we should all have realized this is in advance but it was incredibly religious super religious and and super serious and and that was the bit that I think I found um and I'm not anti-religious in any way shape or form but I what I sort of found challenging in some regards is that it's a very and not just a very religious service a very church of England a very protestant so this was all about the relationship between the church of England and one man and and that was kind of the, the strange thing, because in many ways, it was an incredibly diverse uh, service in terms of the people who had roles, um, you know, the, the, the people who sang, the people who um, brought the gifts to him and the, the attendees. It was very, very diverse. But on the same, on the other hand, it was perhaps the least diverse thing I have ever been to in that it was hardcore Church of England and a king. And so I think what's sort of uh, ch ch challenging and interesting to think about is that um, this is all about a God, which, you know, many people in this country no longer believe in, and a king, which many people in this country have got serious questions about. And the idea that the king is being anointed, actually anointed by God, so uh, in a way, you're kind of thinking, sort of looking around and thinking, but how many people, if you drill down to this, actually believe that this is actually all true? Probably quite quite a small number. Um, but we're but then that's faith, isn't it? But we're all going along with it. We're all buying into this as a thing, even though if you broke it down to constituent parts, I don't know how many people believe in it. It did feel. It did all feel quite weird and I, I <laughs> there were various bits that felt quite, quite weird and you know having our prime minister Rishi Sunak who is a practicing Hindu so brilliant diverse but he's having to read a very biblical uh, text it made me feel I don't know uh, the sort of there's a bit of he's saying words that he fundamentally doesn't I believe I completely agree and he's been put in a position where he probably feels like he ought to and he had do to it. I, I completely agree so Rishi Sunak was 
because I was sort of wedged in underneath the pulpit to the point where I could see when when Rishi Sunak went up to do the reading, I could sort of see his like I could smell the shoe polish on his shoes. I was so close to them, and um, I felt uncomfortable for Rishi Sunak in that situation because it was it wasn't just a Bible reading; it was a particularly um, you know fervent Bible reading. And I just think, have we really asked a practicing Hindu to read something that he, he he doesn't believe in? And surely that's not diverse. That's not diversity, is it? That's not inclusive. That's just saying, right, these are the rules. And if you want to play, you're going to have to play on these terms. I, it's, yeah, there's so many, so many weird things about it. Um, I thought some things that I did like, Camilla adjusting her yeah. hair <laughs> under the crown. And then there's also that thing of like, oh, I've not, I've not clocked. Okay. You are going to have to fit these crowns somehow because not everybody's got the same head. And the tension of like, are these things going to actually stay on their heads? It's like they're trying to balance pork pies on Yeah. The or, or trying to like sort of like screw in a cork back into a wine bottle when they're trying to get the, the crown on Charles's head. And there's one moment where I thought Camilla was folding up her own robes because her sister is such the spitting so image similar. of her. So that was lovely. Um, Prince Louis disappearing which yeah. I thought and then them closing the gap which was uh which was rather fun and um, presumably he was going off to avail himself <laughs> of the, the facilities in some fashion um I think probably one thing that whatever you think about the ceremony did come through was the music oh beautiful did you have like a, an enduring concert beforehand like how uh, um well, hours of it I mean there was a, there a lot of music in, in the run-up but it was just um the music was and the idea that some of that music had been composed for other coronations in history was an amazing... So you've got pieces of music there that everybody knows and it's sort of in the background to our lives, but they were composed for coronations. And then here we were and they were being play, played. And the point where um, the king was anointed and they brought the screens around him and they played uh, Zadok the, the Priest and uh, the Champions League music. But anyway, they... Um, but that was just spine tingling. That was just incredible. Um, and then Andrew Lloyd Webber's piece, I thought was very good that had been written for it. Um, and there was some interesting, there was some interesting new uh, music. I wasn't sure whether there was anything that might last for the next 300 years as some of those pieces that were played, but, but who knows with time. It's hard to get into it as well because you've already got so many established yes. bits and you just yes. keep accumulating. Yes. And it was interesting seeing the um, the gospel choir. Oh yeah, they were excellent. Made yeah. So some of the singers that we'd seen performing mm -hmm. at Harry and Meghan's wedding and actually remembering that um, it was Charles that had asked that gospel choir to come and sing oh, at Harry and Meghan's right. wedding. I didn't realise that. Oh, you know, so they were he'd great. been the one who'd made the contact with them. So having that thread and again, you know, that might have been, a, you know, a, a heart pull for Yeah, for Harry, for Harry he would have well. remembered that. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's like... Camilla's robes with the names embroidered and the dogs, sweet or naff? Um, sweet, I think, sweet. I'm, I'm, I can't quite Are you decide. on that? You on I don't that? know. Well, I was thinking with the dogs earlier and then it was just like, well, I guess that's what you kind of have in your coat of arms and things. You might have a lion or a unicorn. Why wouldn't you have Jack yeah. Russells? I mean, at first I thought about the, about the her grandchildren's names being sewn in because we're so used to just thinking about this as down Charles's side of the family and I think that's a really nice thing that she did to say no actually my children my grandchildren they matter and they're going to be a part of this and um because it'd be quite easy for them to get completely airbrushed out of the whole thing and because it, in many regards it might suit the monarchy just to to pretend that 
Camilla's first life never happened. But but I think it's important. Her husband was there. I mean, well, that was very interesting because. Um, so there was the main aisle that you saw all the people process up. And then there was a sort of a small kind of like tradesman aisle behind us. And so I sat there and I heard some kerfuffle going on. And I turned around and there was the ex-husband, um, Andrew Parker Bowles. And I think some other, there must be some other members of her family, cousins or whatever, I don't know. And they were brought up the side aisle up to that top bit. So obviously not down the, not down the central aisle. Although um, people like, Kate Middleton's parents and her brother and sister all went up the main aisle. So it was interesting seeing them put, you know, they're in really quite prominent mm. places in Eyeline and just thinking, well, actually, Kate will be doing this. Yes. One day. Yes, absolutely. Assuming things carry on on their, yeah. on their yeah. current course and actually them sort of being there and seeing it. And I've been thinking, so there's bits of the ceremony that were sort of modernized. You've got the, the young child coming up at the beginning to sort of represent which I thought was a bit of a London 2012 nod where we had the young people yes. um, yeah. lighting the flame but because not many of us remember the previous coronation it's quite difficult to know you know unless you read a lengthy explanation of this is different and that is different which you know we're probably all busy to make I was too busy making peace yes. probably to be <laughs> doing that but it's not familiar to us and maybe also changing too much of it yeah we might have felt a bit cheated Yes. Whereas now I feel like, you know, we would assume that William's coronation will be sooner yes. than he will have less long to wait yes. than Charles did to take up that role. It may be easier in some ways to change to and modernise it at that stage. Uh, yes, that makes a lot of sense, actually, because um, I mean, he did. Did he cut about an hour and a half from the Queen's uh, coronation? Yeah. But I, I kind of think two hours was probably enough. Um, and I mean, certainly for a TV audience, it would be very interesting to know how the uh, viewing figures peaked and troughed within that two hours. You know, were there particular bits that people tuned in for? Um, I, I, but then this is the whole problem with the monarchy, isn't it? In that if it, if you regard it as a sacred thing, how much can you modernise it without undermining the whole point of it? But then if you don't. I mean, would William go through that whole anointing ceremony? I mean, because that appears to be crucial to the whole thing. But in many ways, is perhaps the most anachronistic bit of the whole thing. It's, yeah, well, with the church and the royal family mm. connected, or whether it just become a private ceremony. But then also thinking, you know, we used to have coronations before the king, as it so often was, was the head of the church. So before Henry VIII, he presumably yeah. still have some form of crown. And I suppose going what on. they're worried about is how, if you change too much, then you lose the thing about you that's special and you become just like another celebrity. What's the difference between Posh and Bex getting married or something like that? You know, you've got to have some bits that are different and special. It's interesting with the reckoning. Um, the procession afterwards... Yes, I mean you were probably queuing queuing to get out. I was, I imagine, I was but... walking back to the nearest tube, which was about two miles away, because everywhere <laughs> else was shut in ridiculously high hills. So, but in the was, rain, it was a, yeah, it was a, it was a shame that it was the rain. But the the procession was pretty magnificent, and actually even more than the procession, seeing everybody assembled in the gardens of Buckingham Palace and doing their three cheers. With oh, their it hats was amazing. I that. mean, in terms of spectacle, so people that said to me, "What's my abiding memories?" I'd I'd say it's the colours, and so the colours of the outfits, the all the military outfits and all the different people who attended. And um, and that was a spectacle. That was something that was just so full of 
uh, strong imagery and I mean, the reason all the news organizations did page after page of page of pictures is because they're just amazing images. Um, so that's great. And the other thing that I will always remain with me, I think, is, and this sounds ridiculous thing to say, but it's how sparkly the crowns were. Just so, spark the most sparkly thing I have, the sparkliest of sparkly rings that you've ever seen. It was incredible. Because Yeah, I don't think that probably came over no. on TV no. as much. It sort of looks quite... Look quite like fancy dress in yes in some ways and maybe not and I think that's why um you know if you ever get to go see the crown jewels in yes. Tower of London and they are under the lights and sparkling it does look that that extra bit and we had the balcony moment yes so I thought that was interesting how you know the the way the family you actually got the attendants were the ones yes. that were there with the king and queen you sort of got the family off separately mm. but actually that must have been a bit weird as well because Camilla was having her balcony moment with Charles, which she'd never had after a wedding. Of course, of course, yes. Because, I mean, some people had said before the event, which I thought was quite interesting, is it almost felt like a wedding and that they were sort of renewing their vows in a way that was very public because, of course, their, their actual wedding was very low-key because at that point it was all still a bit dicey with the British public about whether they would accept Camilla. Um, and there were elements of it that they seemed very much together just the two of them seemed very much together and on that balcony there was that couple of beautiful frames where they're just sort of looking at each other which was really lovely um but of course also it was quite and when the official portraits came out it's quite a different it is the slim down royal family it's much tighter and there's some fairly elderly members you know we see the nice sort of picture of Sophie, you know sophie West, I know, like holding her arm to alexandra and you know you do as much as you always used to think the the queen deserved some retirement. I think probably these, uh, you know, mm. long, long lived and hardworking people yes. who supported her throughout her reign. And there is always a great fascination, I think, although I know we talk about a slim down royal family, in terms of just people watching, I think some of those more extended members of the royal family are sort of kind of interesting, I think. And so there's all these, the, uh, the Windsors and the Michaels. And to be honest, I really want to tell you which one was which because they've always been there, haven't they? All our lives hanging around a, on big occasions somewhere on the sides. And so, and they all have got very sort of quite thin faces and they're all um, have a look. But they, so they were all there. And it's just interesting to see how they've grown and um, Princess Margaret's grandchildren. And I mean, that was just all interesting how those people have, have grown. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And the Royals kind of made the most of the weekend. They were out at the street parties as well, turning mm -hmm. up. I mean, that would be that would be a bit of fun. I have to say, I was slightly surprised we didn't see more of uh, the King and Queen. Oh, so we saw them at the concert, didn't we? I sort of thought they'd be popping up here, there and everywhere in subsequent days. But um, Charles was out yesterday, wasn't he? But we didn't see... Doing a bit of digging. I wonder if they do actually find it quite tiring. I think anybody after, you know, you build yourself yes, up for the big the event and then you have the crash yes. thing. So they went back to Highgrave on Saturday they night. To, Which was interesting to again. So they've got, so they had the biggest day of their lives, I guess, as being crowned. And then they've got Buckingham Palace, they've got Windsor Castle, but they chose to go back to 
Highgrove, which is quite a long drive, isn't it? It's a good couple of hours. Well, they'd have had the uh, outriders probably that I, you didn't get on the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> on the road on the way I in this morning. A quicker. But, um, but, but the idea they went, because I think that is home for them, isn't it? And that's where they can just put their slippers on and watch the telly, I guess. Just be Chas yeah. and Cam. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And uh, what did you make of the concert? Did you watch that one? I did watch the concert. I thought, I mean, it was disappointing they didn't have just maybe one or two slightly bigger names. I mean, you sort of feel you need a Paul McCartney or a Rod Stewart or a, you know, Adele, just somebody mega starish. I mean, sorry, um, Katy Perry, she does it for me. She's great. She was great. She was great. Lionel Richie. They is... are both American though. Does that matter? Well, they are. And I did, yeah, I'm, take that. I had to look up how old they are. They're in their fifties now. I know. And they sort of. Sorry, take that. I know. I kind of think if they'd had Robbie back or some major Bit thing of a surprise. Like I mean, I can remember being away on my like German exchange when I was when I was at school as a teenager, and take he left, take that, and there was so, like wailing happening. Yeah, so I think <laughs> not if from me. Come back, that would have been a moment. So, but but all in all, I thought it was great. I thought um, the drones were great. Like oh, the, amazing! The amazing um, displays. Yeah. So, and it it did also, you know, they had those drones that they at different points of the United Kingdom. So that felt quite inclusive as well of the different sections of the country quite clever and then monday was the big help out which they're aiming to make an annual type of thing and yeah we that's had brilliant fantastic pictures of the cambridges amazing at the scouts i mean just spectacular charlotte she's got futures made marion i think I with think that bow so. and arrow she looked brilliant and then little louis on the track to dig a thing um and then george who always seems to be trying really hard doesn't he to sort of to to do the right thing so I mean, that family are born for pictures. They just always look fabulous, don't they? And they interact so yeah. nicely and naturally. And this moment's been shared of like, looks like George is checking out his hair in the car window as he's just getting in and like Louis munching on his marshmallows and just, oh yeah, and I want to go in the digger. My brother's had to go in. Yeah. I, want to go, I want to go in with dad now. Yeah, it was so great. A yeah. future Challenge Annika hosts maybe. But um, so yeah, so that was really lovely. And uh, oh, I can't believe we haven't already mentioned Kate's look and Charlotte's oh. outfit with her sort of mini me and the lovely headdresses. And then it all came together because obviously, obviously everybody was wearing those sort of slightly gaudy dressing up robes yes. in the coronation. But when you saw in the portraits, oh, they beautiful. looked and it was all, uh, you know, they did, they were all wearing the white mm. with it's like when you have um, a bride with bridesmaids and they've all got the same colour, but different yes, style, different styles. On yes. It. And Charlotte with her mini me look and the. Uh... Oh, they were lovely. I mean, Kate just looks stunning at all time. I'll tell you what I thought was interesting about Kate, because I, I, when I saw her come into the Abbey, um, and I don't mean this in a, in an nasty way at all, but she, her, her makeup was really thick, which is interesting. It was like in the way that if you ever see somebody on a film set or on a TV set, that's proper stage makeup because because really to take a great photograph you need that because that's why she looks amazing in all the pictures I mean she does look incredible but I thought that was kind of quite interesting I mean she knows what she needs to do to look like that good for telly and for yes. the photos and yeah. the close-ups and everything yeah. that is going to be it's going to be coming but yeah no spectacular outfits and and a job well done um and then we were back to work at the garden party. I know. I yesterday. mean, yeah, that, I mean, credit to them. That was, that was good. Um, because they're, I guess there must come a point where they just want a day off as well. Wow. I, th I think I'd still take it. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I think it feels like it's the end of the beginning now. So yes. Charles has been king since his mother died in September. And we've to a certain extent been building up to the coronation. And now it's all official. 
mm-hmm. if you like. Um, and now it feels like, you know, the, the stuff, the, the ongoing conversation to a certain extent of it has been about the protests and the arrests that mm-hmm. were made at the weekend and the ch- like the challenges that are to come. Yes, I mean, there definitely are a lot of challenges ahead, but I feel that this king, I mean, regardless of what you might think about what people's opinions of him might be I do think he's very thoughtful in the sense that he thinks about things a lot he's he's not somebody who's who does things recklessly or he he, he he's quite a serious person by nature and so I think he's acutely aware of the challenges particularly around things like future of the commonwealth what the royal family um how the royal family is going to be challenged around its wealth um, how it's going to remain relevant in modern Britain, how it's going to repair the family uh, issues that we've seen. And also, you know, issues around the royal family's historic relationship with slavery. So I think they're all there in his mind. And I think perhaps far more than a lot of politicians, he is aware that that you can't run and hide from any of those issues. They're going to have to be dealt with. Um, I mean, I did think that that was another sort of thing that really struck me was that when the Commonwealth leaders all processed into the Abbey, I couldn't help look at them, but think about empire and our country's relationship with empire because you just can't. And then you start thinking about empire and you think about all the good things, but also a lot of the very bad things that came with uh, empire and the, um, hangover from empire which sort of remains to this day and i just don't think we can as a society can just box off as as done as history i think because because the ramifications of it are still with today but i do think that's something that the king's definitely alive to what do you think your predictions would be for when william takes the crown will he will will we still have a king do you think do you think he will get to do it i think Absolutely. I think, I don't think there's any huge appetite in this country to move on from, from the monarchy that we have. In fact, I think, I mean, all the, all the polling that was done last week showed that people like the idea of a slimmed down monarchy. Um, They like the idea of it not costing us too much money, but they like the idea of just, you know, having these sort of figureheads who get wheeled out for special occasions and people like a party, which is kind of quite a lot of, and it's an event. And I think, um, I mean, there's a lot of people that are very angry about the cost and we are in a huge uh, cost of living crisis. And so that that is a factor that um, that annoys people. But then also, I think sometimes um, for people when life, you know, for all of us can become a bit mundane sometimes, it's it's good to have events. And I think things like the big help out and the the street parties. I mean, there weren't as many as during the Jubilee, but there were there were some, and that does bring people together, and it can have a beneficial effect. Well, we'll get to see. We'll get to talk about it for well months and years, to, years come, to come, hopefully <laughs> on God Save the King. Um, Alison, it's been great to have you join us today, but I think it's only fair that I should give the last word to the King. So this was King Charles the Third's message at the end of his coronation weekend. He said. 
As the coronation weekend draws to a close, my wife and I just wanted to share our most sincere and heartfelt thanks to all those who have helped to make this such a special occasion. We pay particular tribute to the countless people who have given their time and dedication to ensuring that the celebrations in London, Windsor and further afield were as happy, safe and enjoyable as possible. To those who joined in the celebrations, whether at home, at street parties and lunches or by volunteering in communities, we thank you each and every one. To know that we have your support and encouragement and to witness your kindness expressed in so many different ways has been the greatest possible coronation gift as we now rededicate our lives to serving the people of the United Kingdom, the realms and Commonwealth. So that's it for our coronation episode. We've got a special guest episode next week uh, talking about a very different coronation and we'll be back before too long with all of the latest royal news. You can keep in touch with us on Instagram at podsafe. But until next time... Pod save the king!